Investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trader. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Yeah, it's not good for my uh, my mental health by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, you know, over the course of the day, I, I have you know, obviously my, my various different sources. I've got CNBC and Fox Business and. Uh, some of the news stations I watch bits and pieces here and there. Uh, I'm just here to tell you I, I can't I can I can barely stand the commercial breaks. If I have to see if I have to see another reality TV star, another celebrity idiot, another network anchor, tell me that everything is going to be okay and we're all in this together. I'm I'm gonna I'm seriously I'm gonna flip. Who the hell do you think you are? We're all in this together. We're not all in this together. You might you might still be getting paid. You might still be getting paid. It doesn't matter to you. But what, what about the person that's not getting paid? What about the person that lost their job? What about the person that lost their business? You, you, you think they think they want to hear from you? Say, oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be fine. And then you got all these businesses out there changing their commercials around, making it like it's some sort of good thing is going to come out of this. It's like going to, to, to people who just got struck by a, a tornado, tore up their town, and tell them, oh, it's all good. It's going to be fine. Let, let's play some crystal blue persuasion. Oh, a new day is coming. Shut up. None of this is good. There's nothing about this that is good. Nothing. Zero. Anyway, I had to get that off my uh, chest to start the uh, program today. Um, yeah, you're gonna probably gonna go on uh, quite quite a quite a many rants today on the program, without a doubt. Again, um, you don't you don't come to this program. We don't we don't sugarcoat things here on the show. It's, it's not something that we do. I'm brutally honest with you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about. I need to talk a little bit about science. Okay, let's talk a little bit about science. It was uh, was it uh, Wednesday? Wednesday, um, Saint Fauci, Doctor Fauci, came out to the podium with uh, Donald Trump's daily. Uh, Daily Presser, which is getting really, really tedious. It's getting really old fast. And Fauci came out and basically, you know, did an end zone dance and spiked the football. And all of the things that we have done have worked. They have worked. Look at what we've done. And, you know, Mike Pence is out there. I'd like to thank the American people. Testament to the American people, what we're doing and how we've, we've done this and got kept it down. You don't know. You don't know a damn thing. 
You don't know if this is health. You can't say that for a fact. You don't know what's going to happen. May you have slowed the spread of this? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was what the original idea was. The original concept was to flatten the curve so our health care services wouldn't be overwhelmed. That was what you told us you're going to do. Now I, I don't know what we're doing. Anybody have any idea what we're doing now? I, I, I don't know. Stop the spread. Somehow the thing's just going to magically go away. Hey, I hope that's the case. I do. I, I hope it just magically does go away. Everything that they have been telling us from the beginning has been wrong by orders of magnitude. Not even close to being right. One fable after one story after one myth after one guess after one screw-up after another screw-up. We're looking at people that, that Trump pulls them up here. Pulls them up there, the guy from Health and Human Services, Azar. He pulls the guy up from the CDC. You have any idea how bad they screwed up in this thing? I have any idea at all how far behind we were on tests, and that was the CDC's fault, and, and the, the, the foot dragging that was going on from the beginning from Health and Human Services. The fact that the FDA wasn't approving Tests from the private sector, they actually had a, because you didn't send over all the documents on a CD-ROM. And and you're putting these people up at a podium? I'm supposed to take them serious? Plus all the nonsense you told us about the amount of people that were going to die. It was just a couple weeks ago. We Donald Trump went down to Virginia and sent the boat off to New York. The boat's gone. They need the boat. But we're told that this is going to come back with a vengeance. Well, if it's going to come back with a vengeance, shouldn't we keep the boat around? My mother-in-law needs to have a cancerous system removed, and she can't because that's elective surgery, and hospitals are empty. I don't get it. I don't get it. No, 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 nothing that they do or say, it doesn't add up. I actually, because, again, I'm a critical thinker. I, I don't sit and watch the news and watch government officials and say, okay, okay, whatever you say, whatever you say, okay, you must be right. You're from the government. No. Now, here, here are just some of the, the, the stories from this past week. Report showing half Half the homeless at a Boston homeless shelter tested positive for the coronavirus. None had symptoms. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Remember they told us where coronavirus first started at a nursing home in Washington, in Seattle? No, 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 no. That's not the case. That's not the case. Now they're saying the first coronavirus deaths took place in and around San Francisco. On February 6th. Oh, when is that day going to get moved back to when? October, November. Wrong, 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 wrong. Tests coming out of Los Angeles showing that hundreds of thousands of people 
in Los Angeles County may have been infected by corona. Hundreds of thousands. Same thing. That was a USC study. Same thing in, what is it, Santa Clara with a Stanford study that was done there. One-third of the participants in a small town in Massachusetts, Chelsea, Massachusetts, tested positive for antibodies linked to the coronavirus. Oh, oh yeah, but by the way, that, that idea that we're going to get some sort of vaccine, I hope we do. But it would be a first. It would be a first. There has never, ever, ever been a successful vaccine for a coronavirus before. Never. You know, it's amazing. You know, you know, you know where I got that story from? Because they don't like telling us the truth here in the United States. They got to herd a sheep. All the media's got to be going in the same direction. And we all have to be doing the same thing. And we all have to do stupid things like shelter at home. You see some of the things that were that these government words coming out of government officials' mouths right now? What the government will allow us to do? This is like a, this is like a test run for crying out loud. This is like a test run for a bunch of uh, despots. It's insane. There has never been a successful vaccine for a coronavirus, ever. Look it up. Yeah, all, that was Australian news. The idea that, that what we're doing right now is the right course of action is nuts. It's a, what, what found, it's a straw man argument. You can't say that. You can't say that sending kids home from school was the right idea. Can't say it because you don't know. What I, what I do know is it's the first time in the history of the world, first time in the history of the world where we decide, we're quarantine healthy people. Quarantine healthy people. Does anybody besides this program here, and, and there's, there's a couple others that have actually done their homework and actually looked into the health effects, what's happening, what's going to happen to people that have lost their jobs, lost their livelihoods? Do you think that those, those reality stars telling everybody that we're all in this together, do you think that's going to make somebody that just lost their business and their life work, do you think it's going to make them feel better? What do they have on the other side of this coronavirus? What do they have? Well, they're going to be able to go back to their store and, clean up and shut the place down. What do they have? Do you understand what this is going to do to this guy? Do anybody have any get their arms around that concept? Huh? It's bad. People, it's bad. And, and again, what the commercials and what the, uh, the anchors are telling you, ain't shelter at home and we're all in this and stay safe. More and more data continues to come out that this virus is not nearly as deadly as they thought. Not nearly as deadly. Latest information out of New York City and deaths in New York City. Latest, you know what the information is? Just exactly what we were told from the beginning. Exactly what we learned out of Italy. When we said here on the program, 99% of the people that died from coronavirus in Italy were either elderly or had serious pre-existing 
conditions. Same numbers are coming out of New York and New York City. They're in a big drive for ventilators. We're making all these bloody ventilators right now. And, and you know what's going to come in the other side? It's going to be a waste. Most of the people that go on ventilators die. The overwhelming majority of people that go on ventilators with coronavirus die. No, we're not looking at We're not looking at states like, gee, I don't know, South Dakota decided to go their own way and are handling it. Sweden, we're constantly told, oh, yeah, things are not going that well in Sweden. That's baloney. They're going pretty darn well in Sweden. And they didn't shut their entire economy down. Listen, people, you have to do some homework on your own. You cannot listen to Trump's press conference every single day and be like, okay. Or listen to some anchors here. You've got to do your homework. You've got to go out and read. I've said this before. Dr. Fauci and Dr. Birx, they're not the only epidemiologists on the entire planet. They're not. And there are plenty of people that disagree with them. And there are plenty of them here in the United States. There's the people working at places like Stanford and USC and Yale and all these other places that say, you know, I I don't know if this is going to work. What we originally suggested here on the program is, yeah, take a look at people that are going to be at risk and quarantine them. We couldn't even handle that right. And they, you know where they screwed up in Sweden? The majority of deaths are in Sweden. Overwhelming majority are in nursing homes, old age homes. We have the same problem here in the States. We didn't handle that properly. The same thing in Italy. This cannot continue to go on. Anyway, yeah, I... I We're going to have some fun today. I I brought a bunch of clips in for the show. I had one here for the first. I'll save it for the next time. I got a bunch of clips we're going to play today. Going to do a lot of sub-referencing with films. I'm not going to yell the entire program. I'm going to try to have some fun with this. But there's there's certain shows that I've done over the years where I kind of try to grab my listener and kind of shake them a little bit and wake people up. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that this is not a horrible, horrible disease. It is. It's a terrible disease. It's an awful disease, and it is devastating to people who are susceptible. I get that. I understand that. But we also have to look at the big picture. Need to take a break. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Become a part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. Our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners, all sorts of great, great stuff. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back. The only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. A favorite of mine here on the program. Uh, we, we've cited this movie, referenced this movie countless times over the years. Um, again, it was it's a it's a cult classic. It's a cult classic. Hey, hey listen, if if you've got thin skin and you are easily offended, you might not like it. But obviously, that's not us. Uh, yeah, the Watchdog and Wall Street Show or Markowski Investments. The film is uh, Idiocracy, and I. I 
set up play a clip for you here. Um, it's well in the movie. It's it's four hundred years in the future, and well, people get progressively dumber and dumber and dumber. And there's a scene where they're they're sitting around a table, and um, one of the the individuals is somebody that uh, well is from the the past was put to sleep and wakes up 400 years in the future, is trying to explain to people why their crops are not growing properly. And you get a bunch of government people sitting around, just it's the company line. Have a listen. For the last time, I'm pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. The Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. What you're saying is that you want us to put water on the crops yes water like out the toilet well i mean it doesn't have to be out of the toilet but but yeah that's the idea but brondo's got what plants crave it's got electrolytes okay look the plants aren't growing so i'm pretty sure that the brondo's not working now i'm no botanist but i do know that if you put water on plants they grow well i've never seen no plants grow out of no toilet hey that's good you sure you ain't the smartest guy in the world yeah <laughs> Okay, look, you want to solve this problem. I want to get my pardon, so why don't we just try it, okay? And not worry about what plants crave. Brando's got what plants crave. Yeah, it's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they use to make Brando. Yeah, but why do they use them to make Brando? Because Brando's got electrolytes. Brando got electrolytes. I brought this and played this. Is, um, how many people... Um, how many people are noticing uh, just an increased uh, amount of little little Nazis in your neighborhood? Who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood. How many people got Nazis in your neighborhood? Hey, we, we got government officials that are turning into Nazis. I don't know if you saw what happened in New York. Bill de Blasio put up a tip line. Take a picture and turn your neighbors in. And thank God some hackers got onto it and absolutely trashed the darn thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, there, there, that app out there, that Nextdoor app. And we've got one for our neighborhood here on the North Shore. I was amazed at how many little Nazis we've got out there that all think exactly the same, that actually think that if I stay home and I don't go anywhere and I yell at people for being out jogging or doing, I'm going to make the virus go away. It's like these idiots putting a sports drink on crops. It's that dumb. It really is. You see, people, um, we keep heading in this direction, and we keep allowing the Nazis to win, the group think to win, people who are not using any form of critical thinking at all. Um, you know what we're going to end up doing? We're all going to end up working at the Costco. Here you go, another clip from Idiocracy. Have a listen. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Again, in, in, the, uh, in the film, uh, the Costco is the one major store, and it actually has its own subway system. It's basically become a city. You get everything at the Costco. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it today, and I'm saying, Amazon's hiring another 100,000 people. Are we all going to end up working at the Amazon? Are we going to eliminate small business here in the United States. All we're going to have is big business. 
We're going to wake up. Hey, wake up. Hey, yeah, yeah, we shut it down. We'll do Zeke Emanuel. we got to shut down for 18 months. Yeah, well, well these will be our choice of restaurants. will be uh, Chipotle and McDonald's, and that'll be it. And we'll all work for Amazon. Sorry, I'd rather die. Rather die. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Our newsletter, consultations with the certified financial planners, all sorts of great stuff at our website, WatchdogonWallStreet.com. We'll be back. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Yes, this is uh, bringing me back to uh, roller skating parties way back when. How many people had those? Now, there was no social distancing at the roller skating parties back in junior high. Anyway, I'm dating myself to some degree. All right, I gotta, I gotta move on from my my rants, and I'm gonna move on to another rant. Big C, I told you so. Rant. Um. My longtime listeners know I, I, I kind of go back to uh, something that I've talked about over the years. I like to call it my watchdog on Wall Street axis of evil. The watchdog on Wall Street axis of evil is big business, politicians, mainstream media. They all work hand in hand to further their own needs. And we're watching that today. Today. We're watching this. We're watching what's taking place. What I'd like to see, um, I, I like, obviously, we all want to come out of this. And my, my hope would be that we could come out of it and we could be better as a nation and we could actually learn something where we went wrong, where we screwed up. Over the years, I've pointed out various different things that were taking place in our economy that I didn't like, things that were happening in our country that that were wrong, just wrong. And I knew that we were going to pay the price. I knew it. For over two decades here on the program, we warned everybody about China. We warned everybody about China. I'll get into China a little bit later on in the program to a greater degree. But just think about this concept for a second. We spend, what do we spend, seven, $800 billion a year on national defense. And one of our, probably our biggest adversary right now, it's not Russia, it's China. Yet we outsource our supply chains to China. Were we outsourcing our supply chains to the Soviet bloc during the Cold War? Would we do something like that? No, no. We were sold out by the watchdog on Wall Street axis of evil, including Presidents Clinton, Bush, Obama, and all the other globalists out there telling us, it's okay, it's okay, yeah, we'll just close down all these factories here in the United States and we'll move them over to China. Right. Right. Everybody think it was a great idea to base 
base our entire economy, not our entire economy, but a large swath of our economy on what? On Wall Street and services? We've allowed for businesses to get larger and larger and larger. We've talked about regulatory capture here on the program. Businesses that just can't fail. They've entrenched themselves to such a degree with the powers that be that guess what? They're not going anywhere, no matter what. They're here to stay. That's not right. We've yelled and screamed here on the program about the, uh, the entire concept of companies buying back their stock, paying CEOs and stock. There's a, there's a, a clip. There's a clip. I'll play it right now. Again, this is from the movie Wall Street. It's a classic clip. This is the 1980s. And this is Gordon Gecko giving a speech, giving a speech at the Teldar Paper Shareholders, annual meeting, their shareholders conference. Have a listen. The new law of evolution in corporate America seems to be survival of the unfittest. Well, in my book, you either do it right or you get eliminated. In the Latin deals that I've been involved with, there were 2.5 million stockholders who have made a pre-tax profit of 12 billion dollars. Thank you. I am not a destroyer of companies. I am a liberator of them. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms. Greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge has marked the upward surge of mankind and greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the USA. Thank you very much. All right. All right, Gecko is, is going up. This is the 1980s, and earlier on in the, in the rant, he's talking about all the waste taking place at Teldar Paper and all of the, the vice presidents and all of their trips and all of the money. And it was a, a pittance back then compared to what these people are making today. And back in the 1980s, these corporate raiders would come in and they would get rid of the waste, and they would strengthen these companies. We got away from that. Now, hey, Gecko was a cheat and a liar, and he got caught for doing all sorts of shenanigans in the movie, which was insider trading, and he went to jail for that. But the corporate raiders back in the 1980s made American companies stronger, made the country stronger. What we've got today, we've got people that are running these corporations. They are not builders. We're going to take a break, and we're going to get back, and we're going to talk about people who build things, who create things, not managers that have become billionaires. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back.
taking Wall Street's liars, crooks, and cheats out behind the woodshed. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. Poor choices we've made. Poor choices as a nation. Um, I, I've often talked about um, New York. And you want to go down, if you ever come to New York City, one of the areas you really need to go check out, you got to go down to downtown, near far downtown, near the Battery, um, the oldest part of New York. You can see Francis Tavern, where George Washington had beers with his troops, and cobblestone streets, and Wall Street, and a lot of the big banks down there, a lot of the big banking institutions, right? And they got their American flag flying out front. And, you know, quite honestly, it makes me want to throw up in my mouth. They're not, they give a damn about the United States. They don't, they don't care. They never did. Well, at least not for a long period of time. Care about money. Care about bottom line. That's it. Making next quarter's numbers at any cost because that's how they get paid. They talk about money, people saying Money is the root of all evil. No, 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 wrong, wrong, wrong. Money's not the root of all evil. Love of money is the root of all evil. Money, money can buy you a wing on a hospital, can help fund your favorite charity, can do a myriad of unbelievable things. Love of money. We made poor choices. And again, I talked about this when it happened. This is before I even had a radio show. I said, this is going to turn out really, really bad. When all of a sudden they said, hey, COs, no, 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 you can't deduct your, your salary anymore, but, oh, you can get paid in stock. We have turned, we've turned managers. We've turned managers of businesses that they didn't even create into billionaires. They don't have a problem if you go out there and build and create something, start a business, and become wealthy. But you got a problem with the type of wealth that Steve Jobs made, or Fred Smith from FedEx, or Ken Langone with Home Depot, and I can go on and on and on. They built something wonderful. We've gotten away from that, my friends. And we don't build things anymore. We've got people making fortunes. Moving paper from one end of the room to the other end of the room. My, my hope, my hope is that we come out of this and we learn from our mistakes and we don't let this happen again. Don't go anywhere. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. I shall return. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Welcome back, everybody. It is the one, the only, the Watchdog on Wall Street show. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't reward builders. We don't. Not enough. And again, this is why I I am beside myself right now. I am heartbroken. 
I'm heartbroken every single time I hear of another business that's going to close. I get, I get another phone call, another email. I'm not going to be able to hold on. I'm not going to be able to make it. It just doesn't look good. These are the people that make America work. It's not the CEOs of major corporations, which are nothing more than risk managers. Nothing more than maximizing the share price at that point in time. It's screwed up. Again, go back to the watchdog and Wall Street axis of evil. They're working hand in hand. Many of these businesses, doesn't, they know it doesn't matter what they do. They're not going anywhere. They're fine. Let's buy back our stock. Hey, let's let's reward all of the top executives, major packages in stock, and they're going to sell it right back to us. It's wrong. There's a scene. Um, I'm going to play a clip for you. It's in the movie, phenomenal movie, about the financial crisis. It's called uh, Margin Call. And, and there's a scene where they're discovering, gee whiz, we might just go under unless we move all of this bad this bad paper off our books. And one of the, the, the characters in the film that actually discovers this, he's a risk manager, and, well, he, he's being asked what his resume is. And have a listen. He's a rocket scientist. What's your background? My background? Your CV. I've been with the firm for two and a half years working with Eric that whole time, but I hold a doctorate in engineering specialty in propulsion from MIT with a bachelor's from Penn. What is a specialty in propulsion exactly? My thesis was a study in the ways that friction ratios affect steering outcomes in aeronautical use under reduced gravity loads. So you're a rocket scientist? I was. Yeah. Interesting. How did you end up here? Well, it's all just numbers, really. Just changing what you're adding up. And to speak freely, the money here is considerably more attractive. That's the problem. Wouldn't everybody see that that is a fundamental problem with our country today? Because it's true. It's true. Who, who, do you think design, who do you think designs all of these uh, quant trading programs out there? And many of them blow up. Who do you think designs it all? Yeah, yeah mathematicians. I, I told you here on the program, uh, the, the trading that takes place and what goes on on Wall Street today. You know, you're looking at the movements of these stocks. and I don't know if you've been taking a look at some of the big banks' numbers. They're making a fortune trading. They got all their computer programs that are designed by these rocket scientists. Do they give a damn what the company's doing? No, no, no. It's all about momentum and trying to judge what's going on and certain inputs here and inputs there. Are you kidding me? I'm a Wall Street purist, guys. I, I am. I, I love Wall Street. Don't get me wrong here, okay? I'm the watchdog on Wall Street. We go after crime. We go after fraud. We've been doing this for 20 years here on the program. But I love Wall Street. I love the idea of, of somebody who is creative, has got a great idea, can go down there and raise money and build an enormous business, like some of the ones that I listed, like the Home Depots, like the FedExes, like the Ford Motor Car, I mean, from years past. That's what makes America great, the ability to do that. I, there's nothing wrong with that. We've just become short-sighted. And all these globalists out there talking about, oh, there needs to be greater efficiency and there's nothing wrong 
Nothing wrong with moving those manufacturing jobs off to China. And then there's my favorite one out there. Jobs Americans won't do. Really? Really, well, what do we got? Right? And I, who knows what the actual numbers are. I'll, I'll, I'll just put it at 30 million people out of work right now. 30 million people out of work here in the United States right now. You think that there's jobs that Americans won't do? I'm going to play one more clip for you today here on the program. One more. Played a bunch today. And I'm going back to the 1980s. Going back to the 1980s. We're going to go to, uh, well, the Disney movie about the Disney movie about the hooker from the 1980s. Yes, Pretty Woman. And Richard Gere's character. Richard Gere's character, who's a, a bit of a corporate raider, likes to break up companies and efficiencies. Well, he has a change of heart. Have a listen. Mr. Morse, my interests in your company have changed. What is it you're after now, Mr. Lewis? Well, I no longer wish to buy your company and take it apart. But I don't want anyone else to either. And it is still extremely vulnerable. So I find myself in unfamiliar territory. I want to help you. Why? Mr. Morris, I think we can do something very special with your company. What about our Navy contracts? Uh, they weren't dead. Just delayed. I bluffed a little bit. <laughs> You're very good at it. Thank you very much. It's my job. I think we can leave the details up to the others. I find this hard to say without sounding condescending, but I'm proud of you. Thank you. Great scene. It's a great scene. Again, I pray. I pray that we come out of this and realize where we went wrong. We're seeing it now. Supply chains that are not here. Our inability, our inability to get tests out. That we don't have, we don't make the products. We don't even make the products here. We can become stronger out of this. That's what we need to do. Like I said, stop, stop telling us on television everything's fine and we're all in this together because we're not. That's not the situation. But just like a tornado can rip through a town, the town can come back stronger and learn. And we need to do that. We're going to need capital, not bailouts. We need to fund entrepreneurs. We need to give incentives to small business owners, people that actually build and create things in this country. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. Podcast, newsletter, all sorts of great stuff. Free consultations with our certified financial planners. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. We'll be back. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. Well-known author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trader. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. 
I, 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 I can never change. Hey, why don't you change your intro? Never. Never. You, you, you take a listen. I've, I've been using that intro, I, I don't know now, for probably about 18 years at least. And this little clip that I've got in there, you can't handle the truth. The things that we say here on the program are not, not an easy pill to swallow. They're not. And many of the things that we talk about in the program will not be talked about in the mainstream media because they can't. We, we've, we've gotten to a point in time with political correctness where um, facts have become xenophobic or racist and you cannot mention them. And notice uh, you're starting to hear lately, wow, you know, Singapore, Singapore really thought that they got a handle. They really thought that they had a handle on this coronavirus. And you see everybody, look, it could come roaring back. We got to be careful. It could come roaring back. Yeah. Um, what they're not telling you is where it's roaring back. Singapore is a very, very wealthy country slash city. That was the uh, the crazy rich Asians film. That's where it was was done. And they have there they have an immigrant population, basically living in slums, dormitories that do all of the work that the people from Singapore won't do. Right? We were told them jobs Americans won't do. Well, there are jobs that people in Singapore won't do. We, rich countries do this all the time. They do it all the time. And, and, and we talked about uh, uh, Qatar and uh, how they have all the North Koreans building the soccer stadiums for the World Cup because they, oh, they're not going to do it. Who, who works the oil fields in Saudi Arabia? Those are jobs Saudis won't do. That's Americans that are doing that work. Yeah, that's where it's hitting. Yeah, you look inside the, the slums there in Singapore. You got 10, 20 people living in a single room. That's where it's hitting. But where do you think it also is coming from here in the United States, here in New York? No one's telling you this. There was a one single New York Times story that talked about the area that was hardest hit, the epicenter here in New York, in Elmhurst, which is all immigrants. And I have nothing against immigrants. I don't. But if we allow all of these people to come in illegally and they're getting substandard pay and they can't afford to live in New York City, they're going to live in these squalor-type conditions, and that's where you're going to have issues. And guess what? That has happened throughout world history. When plagues hit Athens, when, when, when plagues hit Rome, when plagues have hit different places, this is where it comes from. And we just, we, we can't seem to get it. Anyway. anyway. Um, I got to talk quickly here also about oil. Um, over the years here on the program, we've explained to you how the oil markets work. And there had been points in time here where the you know, people in America wanted to grab their torches and the pitchforks. And they wanted to put the heads of the various different oil companies on a spike. 
Yeah, we want their heads. I remember Bill O'Reilly. I gotta have an obscene profits tax. All these oil companies. That's back when oil went over. That's back when when oil went over three dollars a gallon. That's back. Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact when that first happened. Yeah, when I go to oil went over three dollars. Was that 2005, 2006, somewhere around there? Everybody was freaking out. Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters telling, uh, letting a little uh, Freudian slip come out. She wanted to socialize the oil companies. And we told you. We told you about oil markets and how, at that point in time, speculation. Speculation added 30 to $40 a barrel in additional costs at that point. Traders. And people would say, well, what do we need these traders for? And why do we have these commodity markets? Well, if you are if you are an airline company or you're a trucking company, whatever it may be, and you need to set rates for tickets or you need to set rates for shipping goods and services around the country and you've got to let people know what it's going to cost, you have to know what your costs are for fuel. Do you not? That's important. You're an airline company, and you're trying to sell a ticket for six months down the road. You want to lock in the price of oil for six months down the road or the, your, your airline, so, so you know what you can charge. You've got to manage your costs. Farmers do the same thing. Now, what we saw this week with contracts trading at net, I was at negative eight bucks. I turned my head and it was at negative thirty-eight dollars. Negative thirty-eight dollars. This is a market where everybody walks away. When you're holding on to a contract for oil and the contract expires, you have to take delivery of that oil. Now, in the past, even big investment houses out there. They've got their own spots where they they take delivery and they hold on to it if they have to. But what if there's no space to put it? I have not filled up my tank. I have not gone to a gas station in two months. Two months. I usually go once every week and a half, maybe on average. I haven't gone in over two months, and I still have three-quarters of a tank left. No one's buying the stuff. No deal with the Saudis and the Russians and OPEC are going to do a damn thing. You understand? No deals are going to do a damn thing unless people are buying. Supply and demand matter. They matter. And until people start buying it, yeah, you're going to see all sorts of disconnect in commodities trading, without a doubt. Just do yourself a favor. Stay away. Stay away from it. Stay away. All right. I mentioned last hour, we've got to talk a little bit about China. And, again, another big C, I told you so moment. I, I mentioned last hour, again, anybody scratch their, their heads with this stuff? I was talking about oil. I scratch my head all the time when it comes to the Saudis. The Saudis are sending tankers, still sending tankers here to the United States, making matters worse, and at the same time, uh, we've got 2,500 troops that are defending Saudi Arabia there. For what reason, I don't know. Let them figure it out themselves. But you can go back, people, when it comes to China, 
come back to the masters of the universe, the people that run the country. Again, the watchdog on Wall Street, axis of evil, big business, politicians, mainstream media that sold us out. They did. They sold us out. I, I remember during the Clinton administration where the Clintons were cozying up, cozying up with uh, the Chinese and Laral space. And we're sending rocket technology to China. Sending over that technology. Honestly, where do you think Kim Jong-un and the North Koreans got their technology from, huh? Where do you think they got it from? We spend an incredible amount of money every single year on defense. Defense against who? Who, who again? Who, who's our, who would you say our biggest threat, our biggest adversary would be? No, don't say the Russians. Yes, the Russians still have a lot of nukes. I get that. I get that. But I'm sorry. Uh, not going to be any sort of nuclear war with Russia. Not going to happen. And they know they can't do a damn thing to us. Can't do a damn thing to us in any sort of conventional war. And they know it. They don't spend even close to what we spend or have our capacity. China is our biggest adversary, wouldn't you say? Then why the hell would we as a nation outsource important supply chains to China? Would we do that during the Cold War? When we say, hey, you know, that's the beginning of the computer age. I know. Let's start, let's start shipping our technology over to the Soviet Union. Let's start making computers over there. Ah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's start making our computers over in the Soviet Union. Are we nuts? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Because again, your little watchdog on Wall Street, Axis of Evil, they come on TV and they say, it's going to be okay. Globalism is the way of the future. And we've got to continue to do these types of things. And factories get shut down and people get put out of work. And we move on and we're told there's nothing we can do about it. Last administration, Barack Obama, those manufacturing jobs are just not going to come back. Why? I told the story last week on the program when I, I lost a client because here on the radio show some... 15, 18 years ago, I went off on a rant about buying cheap junk from China at Walmart. And the manager of a Walmart, who uh, was a client of ours, got mad at me for saying that. I'm, I'm just making a suggestion, people. Making a suggestion. How, how about have, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I, you know, we're consumers, the American consumer. You could still consume. But why don't, why don't you consume goods from our allies? Why don't you consume goods from the United States? Huh? Why don't, why don't you do that? I, I, I got to buy something. I got to buy a out, piece of outdoor furniture from Pottery Barn. And you know it says? It says imported. Oh, wait, 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 wait a second here. Imported from where? Imported from where? Um, well, we, we don't know. I said, well, you have to tell me. I won't buy it if it's coming from China. I won't buy it. We did this to ourselves. 
Kids buying junk, parents buying silly bands made with some plastic from... Are you out of your mind? Why? We got to be smarter than this, people. Made in the USA. I'm going to take a break. When I, I get back, again, I, I'm going to show you some differences here. And I see what, what a sellout our nation has become. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you from a um, I'm gonna read to you from from a German newspaper. Again, none of this being reported in the United States, but other nations are starting to get it. But we are we are so driven by the almighty dollar and next quarter's profits. We are so tied to China that we're not even being honest with the American people. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We'll be back. The only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Yes, you are. Welcome back, everybody. Again, a, a story that didn't get much play here in the United States. Um, the UK. UK has dropped uh, Huawei as uh, their 5G provider. That was a big deal not too long ago. Uh, they've kind of had it over there um and we can go i can go through a litany of stories here uh by the way your tax dollars that wuhan laboratory by the way that chinese lab here another story not being widely reported here in the united states um that was funded with your tax dollars we sent our tax dollars to china to the the wuhan laboratory it's back under the obama administration yes we did what? We, we, don't, we don't have laboratories here in the United States that could have used that money? We don't have colleges and universities that could have done the work? No, we're sending it to Wuhan. Oh, by the way, by the way, here's another story not being reported. Dr. Luc Montagnier, the man who discovered the HIV virus back in 1983, the guy who discovered it, he got a Nobel Prize. Yeah, he said that this, this was a man-made man-made thing no 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 we can't say that it's our friends the chinese no 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 we can't do that yes we can you can there was a uh, editorial cartoon that i saw which I, I kind of found it pretty funny it was uh xi jinping in a car xi jinping in a car looking out his window with a uh a hooker, a hooker standing there at the window of his car, and there was tattoos all over the hooker with Disney and Marvel and CNN and all these corporations there that have sold out, that have sold out. For crying out loud, we censor our movies to please the Chinese. Well, I got to go to this, um, the editor-in-chief of Germany's largest paper. Could you imagine this being happening in the United States? No way. No way. They love the Chinese here in the United States. 
Every single time, oh, no, it didn't come from a laboratory. Oh, you can't say that about China. This is in Germany. In an article titled, What China Owes Us, they wrote, Your embassy in Berlin has addressed me in an open letter because we asked in our newspaper build whether China should pay for the massive economic damage the coronavirus is inflicting worldwide. You, your government, and your scientists had to know long ago that coronavirus is highly infectious, but you left the world in the dark about it. Your top experts didn't respond when Western researchers asked to know what was going on in Wuhan. You were too proud and too nationalistic to tell the truth, which you felt was a national disgrace. You rule by surveillance. You wouldn't be president without surveillance. You monitor everything, every citizen, but you refuse to monitor the disease wet markets in your country. You shut down every newspaper and website that is critical of your rule, but not the stalls where bat soup is sold. You're not only monitoring your people, you're endangering them, and with that, the rest of the world. And he went on talking about surveillance is a denial of freedom, and a nation that is not free is not creative. It's not innovative. It doesn't invent anything. That's why you've made your nation the world champion of intellectual property theft. How often have we talked about that on the program? They don't build anything in China. In fact, I, I saw a video this past week, their latest and greatest naval destroyer catching fire and falling apart. China enriches itself with the inventions of others instead of inventing on its own. The reason China does not innovate and invent is that you don't let young people in your country think freely. China's greatest export that nobody wanted to have, but which is nonetheless going around the world, is coronavirus. Now, this, this was written before, before it became common knowledge that this virus came from one of their labs. How are we going to react to this? Donald, Donald Trump has been, he's been muted. He hasn't said much. He says, I know what I know. I, I don't know how he's going to handle this. Remember, the entire mainstream media, mainstream, they're at the entire president, Donald Trump and his tariffs. He's bad for this country. These tariffs are terrible. This is awful. It's xenophobic. It's anti-China. All sorts of, that's what we're told. Uh, how, how are we going to handle China now? How are you going to handle China now? What are you going to do? Now, you're going to start looking at the labels. You see, I, I've explained this before here on the program. People talk about the right to vote. You vote every day. Each and every one of us votes. We vote every single day. What do I mean by that? You make choices. You make choices in where you're going to go about spending your money. You work hard for your money. You decide. You really want to change things? Well, you decide where you're going to spend money. That's the only way to do things. Only way. Watchdog on Wall Street, Axis of Evil, they're still in charge, people. They are. They're still in charge. They're still running the show. So I guess what? We're going to have to do this by ourselves watchdog on wallstreet.com watchdog on wallstreet.com again our newsletter consultations with 
our certified financial planners, our podcasts, all sorts of great stuff there at the site. Watchdog on WallStreet.com, our 24-hour day help hotline, 800-471-5984. You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Welcome back, everybody. I had talked to Talk a little investing. Talk a little Wall Street, what's going on, what my, my take is on the markets right now. <laughs> What, what, what pops into my mind, again, how my, if you haven't listened to this program for a while, my, my brain is odd. Um, certain file cabinets open up, and I, I sub-reference films and television shows and books and songs and movies um, when I think about certain things. And whenever I start thinking, people start asking me what I think of the markets or where I think things are going at this point in time, I, I, I go to that really unbelievable scene in uh, Silence of the Lambs when uh, Jodie Foster is is feeling her way down in Buffalo Bill's basement in the dark. And you know how Buffalo Bill is, like, coming after her. Where he's, and he's got, the, uh, he's got the night vision goggles on. You know how scary that was, how creepy that was. I, I feel like Jodie Foster. I mean, honest. I, I, I don't. No, I don't know what's going to happen with certain companies. I don't know what the market's going to do on any given day. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm flying blind, people. Flying blind. So what, what has been my advice? What, what are you saying, Chris? What, 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 is, what the hell do you mean? What, fine, what, what do you mean? What, it's your job. Yeah, I, you know, my job. What do, what do I do in a situation like this? Take a couple steps back. We're focusing on, like we always do, we always reevaluate portfolios on a regular basis, but we are really taking a, a good, hard look at what companies are going to make it through. What companies are not laden with incredible amounts of debt? And, again, um, I have to go with the terrain. I don't like this. I don't like this currently about our country at all, but certain companies out there have become too big to fail. It's called regulatory capture. They're protected. They're protected companies out there. Shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't, but it is. It is what it is. So you have to take a look at those as well. And, you look at your portfolio and you say to yourself, well, you know, when this thing ends and God willing it ends sooner rather than later, who's going to make it out on the other side in a strong position? And you don't care about what the markets are doing on any given day. You don't care about the, the, the price, the stocks that you own at this point in time because a lot of it doesn't make any sense. What I mean doesn't make any sense. Did it make any sense that a barrel of oil being traded was negative $38. No, no. There are, there are inefficiencies and there are issues all the time. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with everybody. 
if the Federal Reserve hasn't, hadn't stepped in like they have and basically backstopped as much as they have, I think we'd see the overall markets much, much, much lower than they are right now. But they have. And I don't know when that all clear is going to sound. I don't know. I mean, we're seeing some signs here and there where, you know, the American people don't look like they're going to take this that much more. Certain governors have said, all right, that's it. We're going to start opening up. And we'll see how quickly that happens, hopefully sooner rather than later. And when that does happen, man, oh, man, there's going to be a lot of money sloshing around. That's for sure. Some of the programs, some of the larger programs that have been put into place, the Federal Reserve program hasn't even been completed yet. That big lending facility that they were coming up, their Main Street lending program, they haven't even put that thing together yet. These are businesses going to be able to access large sums of money. A minimum is a million bucks. I think it goes as high as $25 million at rates that go from 1% to 4%. A lot of money going to be sloshing around. But with that being said, people, what industries were weak going in? What industries were having a really tough time going in? What have we talked about again and again and again here on the pro? Talked about retail and some of the major retailers that are not going to come out on the other side. And sure enough, J.C. Penney, Neiman Marcus, all of these, I, I don't see how they're going to make it. Macy's. Macy's looking to raise an additional $5 billion to try to stay afloat. That's great. I mean, they got Macy's, they got Bloomingdale, they got some great real estate out there. But I don't, I don't think department stores are going to be the same. I really don't. I think that there's, there's change that's coming to that entire industry, and there's, a lot of it's going to go away. It is. Next hour on the program, we're going to actually uh, talk in a little bit greater detail about real estate, what we see happening, what we see many companies doing moving forward based upon what's happened throughout this crisis. Anyway, let's take a quick break right here. Watchdogonwallstreet.com, watchdogonwallstreet.com, our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners, all sorts of great, great stuff there at the site, watchdogonwallstreet.com. We'll be back. Bringing America financial freedom one listener at a time. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. All right. You know what? Let's um, we'll talk a little bit about all this, these bailouts and government help and, and things that are taking place out there. As, as you well know, uh, several weeks ago here on the program when these plans were being announced we um we announced here on the program that we were going to be helping listeners and small business owners all around the country helping them to get the aid that would be available um i have to say i was very very disappointed very very disappointed in how this entire thing was handled and again i like i said i'm i'm an equal opportunity basher here on the program i am and whenever I come down, I got a lot of listeners here on the program, big, big Donald Trump supporters. And whenever I'm critical here on the program, they get all upset with me. Well, you want me to be 
you want me to lie to you? You want me to tell you that everything was hunky-dory? You want me to tell you that, that everything went well with these programs? It didn't. It didn't. My, my, my original grade for the PPP program and the CARES Act and all that stuff was a C. Now it's a D minus. That's how bad it was. Big banks made $10 billion so far. $10 billion issuing those loans. They take no risk. There's no risk at all. How about that? How would you like to make $10 billion without taking on any risk at all? And don't tell me I knew that there were tons of shenanigans going on. Excuses from banks saying, oh, your, your, yeah, your application was rejected because your zip code's not right. My zip code's right. No, no, it says it's not. No, my zip code's right. And they're coming up with dog-ate-your-homework type excuses for small business owners all across this country. <laughs> Did they think it was going to be enough? You shut people's business down, and you didn't get them any money. Not to mention the fact. Not to mention the fact. The, the criteria that you put in place for these businesses, you can only spend it on your payroll. you got to keep people employed. What about my rent? What about my utilities? What about my inventory? What about my insurance? What about all those? No, 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 no. So you mean to tell me i got to keep everybody on the payroll, but I'm not going to be able to pay those other things, and I'm going to go out of business in the end? What the hell is the point behind that? What was the point? So I gotta, I'm going to pay my workers for an extra two months and then declare bankruptcy? When maybe I could have laid my workers off, they go on unemployment, I could have kept my business afloat, maybe kept it solvent for a couple months or however long it's going to be, and then been able to reopen? <laughs> no, no, no. This program was not good. It wasn't good at all wasn't good at all and you know they got the feds lending facility as well that's a another disaster in of itself a anyway we've got to take a break uh right here i'm going to talk a little bit more about the bailouts and how they are not working and then uh talk about the government and the populace and the uh the nonsense they continue to push watchdog on wallstreet.com watchdog on wallstreet.com get our newsletter consultations with our certified financial planners we'll be back You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. Taking Wall Street's liars, crooks, and cheats out behind the woodshed. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. Yes, you are. The one, the only, the watchdog on Wall Street Show, the place we take the liars, the crooks, the cheats out behind the woodshed and give them a bit of a beatdown. Another see, I told you so moment here for the program. Uh, when they were crafting, was it, I, I don't know, what, what bailout packages were up to four now? For one, two, I, I, I can't even remember. I think it was the first one where you had these, um, again, uh, these idiots in Washington, D.C., here I come to save the day. 
I know what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to pay people on unemployment an extra an extra six hundred dollars a week. And anybody with half a brain was scratching their heads and saying, "Well, wait a second, then." Um, what if we reopen? Why would these people come back to work if they're making more money on unemployment than they would be in their jobs? And sure enough, sure enough, let's go out to uh, let's go off to Portland, Oregon. Here's an example of it. You got a uh, Kurt Huffman owns a restaurant out there, and he works with local chefs to open and operate their restaurants. And he's a partner with more than 20 of them. They had to close their dining rooms March 15th. Two days uh, they did before the governor mandated. And they had to lay off 700 employees. And doing everything and anything they can to survive, stay alive, providing takeout, delivery service at about half of their locations. Now, they have about 30% of their usual revenue, um, even though he says this takeout is, is going okay. So they want to expand. They want to start bringing staff back in. They want to start, they want to expand. They want to start bringing staff back in. So they started making phone calls. And some of their furloughed employees started receiving the uh, weekly federal pandemic unemployment compensation checks of $600 under the CARES Act. When these employees were asked to come back, they said, nah. Nah, I'm good. Because if they come back to work, they're going to have to take a pay cut. The starting wage for a line cook in one of their restaurants is $15 an hour. They uh, also receive about a dollar an hour in tips. So at a minimum, they're making $16 an hour. That's $640 before taxes for a 40-hour work week. Now, the chefs that are unemployed, they qualify for Oregon's unemployment compensation of 1.25% of their annual gross wages weekly. So that's $416. That extra $224 a week that they weren't going to get might be an incentive for them to get back on the job. But as of right now, with the government checks, these guys are getting over $1,000 a week. $376 more to sit on the couch rather than go to work. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you government. Government. Again, when you think of that Capitol building, when you see movies and all, oh, they look out at Washington, D.C., and they've got the, they've got the memorial, they've got the Washington Memorial, and then you see the Capitol. The Capitol is the cathedral of unintended consequences. That's all it is. Anyway, I want to talk about this other idea that's being pushed right now all too often that uh, we're going to be heading into a new normal. New normal, and you're not going to be able to shake anyone's hands, and everyone's going to have to social distance for years now. It's going to be like this for a long time, and you've got to wear masks and, oh, no, we're not going to be able to go to the ball games anymore. Things will never be the same. Shut up. I, honestly, be quiet. You, you take a look. I, I, like I said, I, I read a lot of I love history and 
some of the plagues that have happened in the past. I'm reading right now the city's uh, account of the Peloponnesian War, 30-year war, and, and the plagues that hit Athens over that period of time. You, you ta- and he describes in detail, in detail, I mean, how gruesome these plagues were and what they did. Did, did the Greeks say, you know what, that's it? From now on, we're never, we're not going to go to amphitheaters anymore. We're not going to do anything anymore. New normal? You know where you could take your new normal? Okay. If you go to, uh, I didn't mention Greece. Go to Athens. And if you go to Athens, and you can do some of the sites there, and you want to go up to the Acropolis, and you want to see the Parthenon. And on the side, the side of the Parthenon on a hill, it's the south slope. There is a theater that dates back to uh, the 4th century B.C. It is the theater of Dionysus. And they still use it. It is it, They use it. They still hold, uh, uh, they do uh, plays there still. They still use it for uh, musicians come in. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's really a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. Now, uh, the theater holds 17,000 people. Now, back at that point in time, 4th century B.C., the entire population of Athens was about 150,000 people. So you, you figure that that amphitheater held, held almost over a tenth of the population. That's a, that's a big stadium based upon what? Based upon the size of the populace. They didn't abandon it. They abandoned it. You know, they, they quarantined. They did what they could to stop whatever plague hit. And they moved on with life. Wait, wait, you think that, that, that mass gatherings, physical intimacy, this is just some sort of modern thing, it's, and we've got to turn it into some sort of relic and change what, we, what we've become, who we are as human beings? Sorry. Sorry. Um, if that's what you're going to try to push here in the United States, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not going to live that way. All you people want to live that way, yeah, go go hang out in your basements. Go, go stay down there in your hole. And go isolate yourself. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Again, our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners. We'll be back. Chris Markowski is the Watchdog on Wall Street. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.